Howdy-do, I'm James Baquet, also known as the Temple Guy. Come along as I visit one of the most remotest temples on the Saigoku pilgrimage, these days at least. Let's visit Sefukuji in Izumi City, Osaka Prefecture, in this episode of... Temple, temple Tales! It was with some shock that many years ago, while traveling around Arizona, I discovered that some of the most pristine natural landscapes pictured in the August journal Arizona Highways could be taken with one's tripod firmly planted on the asphalt of one of Arizona's, well, highways. Wilderness just ain't what it used to be. But think back. There was a time when reaching that same spot would have required weeks of slogging along on foot, by burrow, or on horseback. That's progress for you. The same has happened with pilgrimages. Often, government, Business and temple authorities are in cahoots to bring more visitors and therefore more tourist yen to the temples. Government builds the roads and other infrastructure, business sets up travelers' accommodations, and the temples develop customer service to assure the pilgrim a pleasant or even, dare one hope, spiritually fulfilling experience. These days, convenience is the name of the pilgrim's game, so it's a rare treat to have to trudge up the rough, uneven stairs of a mountain trail to reach a temple that still tastes of the old days, back when all the temples were hard to reach. <laughs> no, really, it's a treat, I tell ya. Sefukuji, meaning bestowing luck temple, but also called Makinodera, or perhaps Makiodera, even Japanese Wikipedia Englishes it both ways, for the mountain it's located on, is one of those temples. Honestly, this visit, having been made nearly two full decades ago, in January 2001, I can't really conjure up much in the way of personal anecdotes about my visit, but I can share with you a bit of what I saw, as well as some background on the temple itself. And don't miss the big reveal, something that surprised even me. I also know that this strenuous climb was performed after having visited another temple in Hyogo Prefecture, over three hours away by train. It was the second day of a three-day dash around Kansai, and yeah, I slept well that night. What can I say about this temple's history? Japanese Wikipedia itself says in translation, the early history of Sefukuji is deeply uncertain. <laughs> I'll say. Sefukuji's foundings are lost in the mists of time. Some say it developed from a center for mountain-based religious practices of a more or less Shinto flavor, See below, which would make sense when we see founding dates like 538 before the official introduction of Buddhism to Japan in 552. Others report that a specifically Buddhist priest named Gyoman built it and enshrined there a statue of Miroku Bosatsu, that's Maitreya, better known to us as the Laughing Buddha, but not in his fat, jolly form, in an effort to cure the emperor of an illness. I'm not sure which emperor but likely Kinmei, as several sources place the temple's founding during his reign, 539 to 571. At its height, the temple may have had up to 3,000 monks and 80 sub-temples spread over the mountain. The temple, unsurprisingly, given its location, is associated with Shugendo, a syncretic tradition blending Shinto practices, including mountain worship, something like Taoism, and Buddhism, particularly the esoteric kind. Some of its practitioners have become famous today as Running Monks, partly due to John Stevens' 2013 book, The Marathon Monks of Mount Hiei. This details their practice of running on mountain ridges. Their final exam has them running 52.5 miles every day for 100 consecutive days. One of the most famous of the Shugendo patriarchs, and a candidate for their founder, was Enno Gyoja, 
born in 634 and died somewhere between 700 and 707. He's said to have resided some years at Sefukuji, and numerous Yamabushi, or mountain worshippers, have practiced there ever since. As a lark, when my Japanese students used to ask, Jameson, what are your hobbies? I would say I was either a Yabusame, that's a horseback archer, or a Yamabushi. Either image caused great mirth. Now here's the big reveal for this episode. Do you remember Kobodaishi, also known as Kukai, the Japanese Buddhist saint who we followed to China in episode 047, whose still extant center, Mount Koya, we visited in episode 032, and whose pilgrimage we followed around the island of Shikoku in episode 039? I always knew that he was ordained at Todaiji in Nara, home of the great Buddha which we'll visit together someday. But I never knew until now, the wonders of the internet, that he shaved his head, thus entering training at the age of 20, at Sefukuji. There's even a very small hall said to contain his hair, or more likely simply to commemorate the event as he was a nobody at the time. This also explains why this Tendai temple, Tendai is a rival sect to Kobodaishi Shingon Buddhism, has a separate Daishido, a hall dedicated to Kobodaishi. Incidentally, a real hair pagoda is located at Guangxiao Temple in Guangzhou, China, where Huineng, in the Basakwards way of some things Chinese, shaved after becoming the sixth patriarch of Chan, or Zen. See episode 038. As for the more mundane history, like many other temples in this area, this one was burned down by Oda Nobunaga in 1581 as part of his campaign to unify Japan by eradicating pockets of resistance, many of them focused on powerful temples. His great-nephew Toyotomi Hideyori soon rebuilt it, but a mountain fire took it out again in 1845, and it never recovered its previous size. What we see today was all built thereafter. Our journey really begins at the end of a winding nine-mile bus ride from Izumi-Fuchu JR Station. From the parking area, the ascent begins. Narrow stone steps with a steep rise. The climb is relieved here and there by little clearings along the side. One of these contains the hair-honoring hall for Kobodaishi. Partway up, we encounter a typical and therefore very fine gate with the Ni-O, the Heavenly Kings. And at last, after toiling over a half a mile and ascending maybe 650 feet, we emerge on a terrace where we're greeted by a horse. A horse? Well, a bronze statue of a horse, anyway. Legend says Emperor Kazan, legendary founder of the Saigoku Circuit, see episode 044, got lost on his way from our previous temple, Kokawadera, see episode 077, to here. A horse appeared, or not, some say the emperor only heard the sound, and led him to the temple. This horse commemorates that event. Incidentally, the parking lot of Sefukuji is only 16 miles by road from Kokawadera. Numerous online sources tell us that this temple's main figure is a Bato Kanon, or horse-headed Avalokiteshvara. This is not so. To my knowledge, only one temple, Matsunodera in Maizuru, can boast of this honor. So there's serious confusion about Sefukuji's Honzon. In the main hall, in addition to the two types of Kanon, there's also the Miroku Bosatsu, the original of which was supposed to have been placed by Gyoman, and a statue of Manjushri, or Monju Bosatsu. Along with several others, the most responsible of all temple guidebooks, published and distributed by Manganji in Chiba, affirms the thousand-armed, thousand-eyed Kanon as Honzon, and that's good enough for me. I believe there is a Bato Kanon, but that's not the main image. Perhaps, I read, it's back-to-back -back with the Honzon. But one small problem remains. If Gyoman placed a Maitreya, why is the Honzon now Kanon? There's an app, <laughs> I mean, a legend, for that. 
It seems that over a millennium ago, a monk settled down at Sefukuji to study, and preparing to depart, requested funds from the temple to cover his travel expenses. The temple's leadership refused, and the monk left in a huff. One kind soul, named Hokai, felt bad for the unnamed brother and set out after him. By the time Hokai reached him, the monk had arrived at the seashore, just 10 or 12 miles from the temple as the crane flies, and he was walking on the water. Hokai realized this must be Kanon herself, and carved a statue of her when he returned to the temple. That's the Honzon. The day I visited Sefukuji, snow fell. The temple's, after all, over 1,500 feet in elevation, and I visited in January. The day before, I was in deep snow at Nariaiji in Miyazu, see episode 030, but this was just a dusting. Though I worried a little about hiking back down the mountain on slim, slippery stone steps, the powder did put a nice shine on things. I strolled around a bit, taking in the small Daishido mentioned above, dedicated to Kobo Daishi, and the smaller Dainichido, dedicated to the great Sun Buddha, now my personal Buddha, though I don't think he was then, as well as several others, before carefully picking my way back down through the stunning gate and arriving at the parking lot in time to catch the last bus back to the railway station and my train to Kyoto. Well, that's about that. Until next time, may you and your loved ones and all sentient beings be well and happy. Adios, amigos. Hey, as an act of compassion, why don't you check out the newsletter, which serves as the show notes for this episode, number 079, at templetales.substack.com. It has pictures and links. And at that address, you'll also find the archive with all of the newsletters. I really do think you'll be glad you did. In the next episode, we'll wrap up our trifecta of key temples on China's Putoshan by visiting the deliciously named Dharma Rain Temple.